For those of you who are visiting, I'm not uh, the normal pastor. Um, I'm a little bit taller, <laughs> a little bit uh, lighter haired, I think. Um, I know and that's, um, that's impressive with regard to our pastor because his hair is nice and light. But, um, my name is Jeff Shook. I'm one of the elders here at church. And, and as they say in football, I'm just a guy. And I'm a guy who gets emotional. Um, I came here, up here today, and I'm jittery. And it's like the fight or flight. And I came up instead of down, because I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight for those of you who need to hear this message. I'm ready to fight for uh, whatever the Lord places before me is my work. And I'm willing to do it for his glory. And so, as I go through this, it may not be the most polished, it may not be even um, tolerable for some of you, but I ask that the Spirit come and impact you regardless of what I say. So, as, we, uh, as we've been studying the last several weeks, that our work is worship to the Lord. Today I'm gonna to speak about that our work is worship and that in doing our work, we need to avoid a couple things, uh, one being idleness and one being idolatry. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than the people. I like the way it's said. I look at a few translations on Scripture often, and I like the way the Berean literal Bible said, whatever you might do, work from the soul as to the Lord, not to men. And to me, when you work from the soul, um, it's a little bit more then I think I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it. Um, it's a little bit more than just checking the box and meets expectations. It's, um, it's doing it to, um, with all that you have in you, with all that God has given you to feel, given you to um, have passion for, it's, uh, it's a complete physical effort. It's a complete mental attention to what you're doing. Um, From the soul seems to closely resemble some other scriptures from my whole heart, which we are commanded to love and serve the Lord throughout the Bible, but we're commanded to do it with our whole heart. Chronicles 28.9, know the God, your Father, and serve him with a whole heart.
Yeah, I was trying to go to the next slide. I like this passage. Pastor John Piper is a name many of you probably heard. He said, if you don't believe or understand how your job connects to the Great Commission, then you will either become idle, meaning it won't mean that much to you, or it'll mean too much to you, and it'll be all about you, and it, your job will become an idol. So it's that thought that, that really is the basis for what I'm teaching today. Um, so let's start out. If we um, um, idleness, I believe. Uh, by the way, I believe all of us deal with both of these. Um, I know I do. I know I have. I know. And when I say work, it doesn't mean the thing you get paid for. It means the work you do. It, mean, it means whether you're coming up here in front of church and singing, or whether you're um, helping your neighbor. That's the work that God has called you to do. Then, then you need to make sure it's not either um, something you're avoiding and you remain idle, or if it becomes an idol. The definition of idleness is the state of inaction or inactivity, having no employment or being lazy. I'm I'm one. I don't always like def, uh, dictionary definitions, so I kind of try to put a, a word image or imagery to it. Um, so I like to show, associate um, idleness as um, in life is like I picture a car, a tractor. It's sitting there and idling. There's no productive work being done, um, and uh, there's movement. There's there's resources being expended, but there's no benefit coming from it. Um, I think I live live some some days like that. Or it could mean something like uh, this next slide. Uh, it's a, not the best picture, but what you can see there is there's a, there's a skid steer, and it's on its front end uh, with, the back, with the wheels in the air. And I, I'm pretty sure this machine is idling. But I can, I can speak truthfully and honestly that the operator of that machine, Seth Gilkison, is, is not idle while this is happening. Um, if, I, if I recall correctly, his face was against the windshield. Um, the hydraulics had shut off, and so he couldn't release his load, so he was stuck. And, and him and uh, the other, I think that's Gerald in the picture there, and uh, others around were trying to figure out, okay, what just happened, um, and how do we get Seth out of this machine? Because some of you guys may not realize the, the door to those machines is in the front. So... Um, I don't know whose intelligence uh, kicked in, but it, we, had, we ended up figuring out that that machine had a safety switch that if you're not in the seat, the hydraulics will shut off. And since he was on his face on the windshield, um, he wasn't pushing on the seat well enough. So his, his lack of idleness was simply his extreme effort to push back on the seat while leaning on his face on the windshield. So, um, But no, I... Idleness. That machine was sitting there running. It wasn't doing anything. And it was, in, in fact, creating others to be taken away from the work. Uh, next, next slide. Uh, Thessalonians. Second Thess Thessalonians is a, one of the scriptures I want to read today. Um, uh, verses 6 through 8 and 11 through 15. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters to keep away from every believer who is idle. 
and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone else's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, just, uh, just so that we would not be a burden to you. Picking up verse 11, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. See, Seth was actually being disruptive because the rest of us, that we were all entertained significantly at the predicament he was in. Um, and therefore, it took away from the work. Of, um, they are not busy. They're not, they're busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn food. That's what this is today. I'm trying to urge those of you who might uh, be dealing with idleness. This is an urging. Settle down and quit being idle. Be about the Lord's, the Lord's business. Um, as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what's good. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Another scripture um, is Ecclesiastes 10.18 through laziness, the rafters sag. Because of idle hands, the house leaks. And 1 Timothy 5.13, besides that they get into the habit of being idle and, do, and going about from house to house. And not only that they become idlers, but also busybodies who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. That last bit of that verse, to me, and part of the um, Thessalonians verse, talks about how idleness impacts those around you. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about how idleness can actually be contagious. You see by these scriptures that, we're not that we are instructed that idleness is not something we should tolerate. In fact, it should be confronted and ultimately avoided. I believe that the directive has two primary benefits. This directive has two primary benefits. We need to confront those that are idle. I think we can do that in a way that's loving. I think we should do that in a way that's loving. But I think we shouldn't allow it to happen and just allow it to happen. Um, individuals who are being idle and lazy need to be confronted and made to realize and understand that their lack of work is a serious failing that's not going to be tolerated. Secondly, I think the scripture calls us to distance from those that are idle because they are not only a burden on those around them, but their idleness is contagious. I'm sure all of us have at some point thought in some variation of these words, I'm working hard and they're not doing anything. So I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing until they start working. Laziness does breed laziness. And if you've been married then more than a couple years, you've probably had that thought with your spouse. We know better though, right? 
It's true, though. It's hard to work when you see those that aren't. And it's um, certainly hard when you feel like you're doing more than you need to because others aren't doing their part. And I think that, uh, at least in the service of the Lord, here in the church, there's a big percentage of those working, no, I'm sorry, there's a big percentage of those not working that could be working. Maybe they're not called to do the every task, of course, but we need to encourage one another to be about the Lord's business and to be active and not be idle, not be coming on a Sunday morning to have something said to us that we might remember for a couple hours and then, and then that's good until next Sunday. Um, there's, there's a lot of effort that goes in throughout the week to really minister to the people of this community, to minister to the people of this body. And, um, you know, maybe you're not quite what you used to be. I can tell you that I feel that every day. Um, but there's still something that the Lord's given us to do. Russ, I think he'd call you home. So you need to take the time to think about what that is and engage. Because otherwise you're just consuming resources with the engine running. Um, next slide. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean. I'm going to tell a story about the MoDOT, so that's why that picture's up there. Um, but I have been in a traffic jam and got to the front and seen something close to this where the people who were supposedly working that were creating the hardship that I was backed up in. Um, and I get up there and I see that. Now, I've been in the, around enough to know that that person may not be idle. That person may actually have been working and they got a tractor on the backside filling it with dirt and, you know, or whatever. I don't know. That doesn't mean, I don't mean to be critical of someone who may look that way is what I'm trying to say. But I didn't give them much grace when I finally got to the front of the line and that's what I saw. Um, and I can't stand before you and proclaim that idleness has never been a problem for me. I've had many occasions where I chose idleness rather than working. And this is my story. This is one of my stories. So I was a college student. I was, um, when you go to college where I went, um, you always try to get on as an, on an internship as an engineer, because that's what I studied. And Missouri Highway Department was really good about um, providing opportunity, and I got on with them. And so um, I, I actually worked with them two summers. And, um, but because I was a student, I didn't really have the full skill set needed to do some of what they were doing. And so often I wasn't given very much to do. And so I'd end up sitting, and I remember one summer I was taking a, an economics class. Those of you who've had economics, reading economics is not what you want to do, but that's all I had to do because they weren't giving me any work to do. And so I would actually study for my class during sitting right there, right on the front. I didn't have to be secret about it. The boss was right there. He's the one that said, I don't have anything where you do. What do you got to do? Um, but it was a long, long day every day because um, it wasn't interesting. It wasn't challenging. It wasn't fun. Um, 
And sometimes I could tell there was work I could do. Um, but others um, had to do something in order for me to be able to do something. Whether it's teach me, whether it's show me, whether it was get out the books, get out the drawings or whatever. And they were unwilling to do that. And so um, I detected real quick that it wasn't just me who was idle in that office. Um, and it certainly colored my view of, Mo of Missouri Highway Department, at least that office that I worked out of. It was kind of funny because at one point during the summer, they said, hey, next week we're going to send you out with the survey crews. And I grew up in southwest Missouri, um, and I knew that what survey crews did, survey like um, they're out laying in a highway or whatever with their instruments and all that. Um, they weren't out taking questionnaires. Those seem to be pretty popular nowadays. But, um, and so I knew what that meant was I was going to be hot. There were going to be ticks. I was going to be in the weeds. There was going to be ticks. It was going to be hard work, and there were going to be even more ticks. But I was excited because I had got tired of sitting around and being idle in the office. And uh, so I look forward to it the whole week. I get there on Monday, and it's raining on Monday. And I learned that survey crews had these, at least this is their words, had these survey instruments that, well, you can't get those out in the rain. They can't get wet. So what we did is we got in the survey truck and we drove down to a local cafe and had breakfast for two hours on the clock. Still raining, so then we got in the survey truck and we drove and found a bridge in a remote area and we pulled the truck under the bridge and we slept till lunch. We had lunch, we might have played some cards. And that's pretty well what we did. And then it rained the next day and then it rained the next day. And I saw idleness of a whole crew. And what I was told was, yeah, don't talk about it. Don't tell anybody about it. Because there was things they could be doing. But idleness had bred idleness, had bred idleness. And uh, we'll just say, I hope that there's been better supervision developed and that there's people who manage that better. Um, I never did get on full-time with the highway department, but I think I would have changed some things. But uh, so I, I believe very strongly that if, if we've got people who are idle, we approach them in love and encourage them to be active, to be involved in God's work. And if they're unwilling probably better for us to ask them to not be present. Not, not come and be a user of resources that's not producing any work. Now, if you're anything like my wife, and I'm going to talk about her since she's not here, <laughs> you're probably feeling guilty right now, and that's not my intent. My intent is to say that... Um, there are many who serve, and then they feel like they need to serve more. And those people are to be valued and cherished and loved. 
but those people wouldn't have to do more and do more if some of the idol would be doing a little. So today, I'm a much more mature person. You know, I was a student I was, uh, when I was working with highway department. And um, not to say I never idle. I would not lie to you like that. Um, but I've experienced the problems of idleness. And I am in a position where I'm over, I've, I have responsibilities of people who would be idle. And, uh, and I also now know it's wrong. And so daily, I have to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do today for your glory? And um, I ask him to guard my mind from things of distraction. Everybody, everybody ever hear of uh, Cyber, what is it, Cyber Monday, right? After Black Friday? Huge, huge wasting of business resources on that day. Um, those of you who don't sit at a desk probably don't really understand what's going on, but people are getting bombarded by emails of, hey, this is a special sale today on this website if you go there. And, you know, if you're at work and you have a computer in front of you, that's a temptation. There may be other opportunities if you don't sit at a computer. I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to let you off the hook. I'm just saying, based on my experience, it's still a struggle and I have to seek the Lord every day. Um, ask him to guard my mind from distraction. I ask him to help me be a good example. At work, at school, I don't go to school, but those of you that do, at church, in my neighborhood, it's my opportunity to influence others. Um, my coworkers, my wife. Because remember what I said? I've had that thought before. Well, I'm here working. I bet she's in there on Facebook. I've been shown wrong many times, so I'm glad I can say that honestly, but that's my mind, and so now I'm inclined to, well, maybe I'll just stop what I'm doing and I'll take a break. My children, are they idle? I try them not to be, or try to keep them from being. I think they work continually trying to find ways to be idle. I don't know, but in fairness, they probably are often, again, when I ask them, what are you doing on your phone? I get good answers sometimes. Sometimes they just set their phone down and start doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, idleness is a sin, right? The Bible says that, right? Do we agree? So we don't want to sin, right? We do, but we don't want to. I hope we don't want to. Once we cease to not care whether we sin, I think, I think God turns us over to our sin at that point. So I must try to present my labors to God to glorify him. And I've learned that sometimes the Lord um, looks very much like, service to the Lord looks very much like service to those he's placed in our lives. Um, and you know what? Having that person who needs you 
is a blessing. It may feel like work. I've heard of some talk about um, someone who needs, who needs uh, them to help them um, and they're starting to get weary of it. Or it can be a child, it can be a parent, it can be a neighbor, it can be... There's lots of people out there that need us. You know, that's a blessing. It's an it's a opportunity to be Jesus for them. Sometimes it feels not like a blessing. And when I forget... When I forget that I've been blessed by God with family and friends... There are family and friends who lovingly will challenge me and inquire of me and my work. That's what we need to do. We need to lovingly inquire. That's the, that's the loving way to encourage someone to cease to be idle. I can tell you one thing. Next slide, please. If, you've got, if you're looking at something, and many of you guys can't see, but circled in pink up there at the top, there's a boss button. If you're doing something that needs a boss button, you're being idle. Now, what a boss button is, is you can be on this webpage, and when your boss walks up, you click that button, and it shows another webpage, or something that's work-related. This, this webpage, this is the only one I knew about. I'm sure there's others, but... This webpage is the one that you can watch the NCAA tournament basketball every March. And the tournament starts on a Thursday, I think. Maybe, well, they got other games, I guess. But Thursday and Friday, people will literally sit and watch basketball all day at their desk. And they've got a boss button in case the boss walks in. And I would tell you that if you, if you have an anxiousness that you're going to get seen doing what you're doing, God gave that to you. <laughs> and you should listen. But if you need a program, or if you have a website or a program that you're on that needs a boss button, you're certainly not working as worship to the Lord. Next slide. I want to hit this slide again. If you don't believe or understand how your job applies to the Great Commission, the Great Commission being God's calling for you, then you will either become idle or your job will become an idol. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So what is idolatry? What is your job becoming an idol? You know, we've beaten you over the head for the last four or five weeks that you might have gotten an idea that you should be working for the Lord, working hard for the Lord. And that's great. But I say be careful. Because sometimes your working for the Lord will start to be your working for you. Because somebody recognized you for what you did. Or... Um, What you did, what you're doing gives you some additional privileges or additional benefits. Uh, Ephesians, next verse, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, by grace. 
and not of yourselves. It's a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Don't let your work become your works. There are works that God prepared for beforehand. Your work is becoming works when you feel that your work is earning your acceptance to God. When you get to this point, your work is maybe starting to become an idol to you. If you begin to believe that your work, that your efforts are the reason, maybe to the smallest extent, that you are blank, that you are successful, that you are a manager, that you are an elder, that you are fill in the blank, a mother, that you're a good mother, or that you achieved something, that I've, I've made this income because of my work, or I've, um, I've been able to stay with this company, or maybe even more likely, my supervisor relies upon me because of what I do. And um, you're taking away from the truth, right? The truth is that you've had opportunities that came from God, that you've got skills that came from God, or abilities that God gave you in your genetics. You've got knowledge or intelligence that you've gained because God gave you the ability to understand what you studied and he gave you the opportunity to study. See, all your success comes through the grace of God. You know, I was born in the family that I was born into because of God. And I had the opportunity to grow up in the, in the neighborhood that I grew up in because of God. Or in the, um, I had an opportunity to, to do work. I had, a, I had an opportunity to be good at math and become an engineer because of God. I had an opportunity to, to be a husband because of God. And I've had an opportunity to be a father because of God. Next slide. See, that's how God gets you where he wants you, right? If he wanted me working in the healthcare industry, he would have given me the skill set to be there. He would have given me the opportunity to be there and the interest to be there. He wants me where he's got me. Why? Because he wants me to work for him where I'm at. Not wish I was a missionary in some other country so I can serve him. He hasn't given me that opportunity or that drive or that interest. But he's provided the intelligence that I have. He's provided the skills and the education that I have. <laughs> he's provided the looks and my physical capability. All that. And if you doubt it, if you're thinking that that's because of you, you might have an idle situation. That doesn't change anything. You should still work hard. You should still work hard for the Lord because he's got you there exactly where he needs you, where he wants you. 
to, to represent him. Next slide, please. This story um, about Martha and Mary. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman, he being um, Jesus, a woman named Martha, welcomed him into her home. She had a sister, Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary, she has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So as I read that, it reads to me that Martha... She wasn't worshiping the Lord. She was working to impress the Lord. And Martha's work became more important than Jesus. Uh, I've read other versions of that scripture. She scolded Jesus. She started worshiping the work more than the Lord and scolded him for not correcting Mary. The final point I'd make is that, and this one smacks me in the face, Martha was allowing the urgency of the moment, the temporary moment, to take away from an eternal blessing. Whose kids are adults yet? It happens fast. There were missed opportunities that I regret. And I was probably focused on mowing the dumb yard or something else. TV. Being idle. If you want to know if your work has become idolatry or your work is headed that way, ask those who know you best. Find another brother or sister in Christ who has wisdom and maturity who isn't afraid to tell you the truth and will speak plainly to you. And if you're that person, be that person. Invite them. That person can help you understand how your work should be relating to God and not, not be an idol. Next slide, please. There are some questions you can ask yourself to find out if your work's becoming an idol. I'm sorry, go to the next one. I, I went through that one. Are my desires more precious to me or more satisfying or more valuable than my, my time with God, my relationship with God? Am I... Missing reading the Bible, praying to God, listening to God, hearing teaching about God. 
because I'm focused on, you name it, sports talk radio, fantasy football, um, your yard, your add-on at your house, your, your boat, your hunting. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody. I'm trying to say that I think we all got those. How do you respond to tests? Do you strengthen your resolve? My dad taught me this one. Do you strengthen your resolve and press on and endure and work harder and work longer hours? And, or do you draw closer to God, seeking him first? Are you unhappy or resentful when someone else is recognized or rewarded or blessed? seen that too. Whether you're being idle or making idols in your work, you're missing out on the blessing of God. And you're playing right into Satan's hand. See, he doesn't care if you're idle or if you make your work an idol. He just wants to get you off the, the path. If he can push you left, he'll make you go left. He, you know, he, didn't, he, just, he knows he can mess it up either way. And sometimes we're doing this back and forth, and that's okay, right? Because that's, that's life, and we seek the Lord, and he'll help us to get back on, and then Satan will try to push you another way. We know through creation that God worked, and he declared it good. Don't, and don't be confused that God gave Adam work to do before the curse, right? So it's not the work that's the curse, Right? The work was the blessing that God gave Adam to do before. The curse made it so that he had to work for his food, and it would be hard. The lie of Satan is that we have to work because of the curse. No, we get to work because we get a chance to glorify God with that work. Another lie that Satan might give us is that your work outside of the ministry of, this, of the church is less important. That is not true at all. Really, the, the work you do every day in the, in the circles that God's put you in, that's going to have a greater impact than, than what happens um, associated with the church. You can, you, now, it can be a negative impact if you're sending the wrong message. Um, see, God gives us all the opportunity to serve him every day. Whether you're working at a sewer plant or you're working in a school or you're working at a checkout register, or you're on a tractor in the farmer's field. See, I stand here today. I'm going to tell you a little story, if I can do it without crying. I stand here today because of a man who made his work his, a worship of, to God. His name is Denny. 
He was a manager at Kmart. And he came home in the evenings from working. He worked on weekends. And he, he invited us kids in the neighborhood to his house. And he taught us about Jesus. He taught me that I didn't have to be what I felt like all my friends were telling me I had to be. And that there was something bigger to pursue. And you know, he never even got to see that I became a believer. Because we moved and I became a believer soon after. But he worked at it. And it wasn't for his glory. It wasn't for his seeing success. It was because God called him to do it. See, we, were, we worship the Lord. God is glorified. And he becomes the focal point. We work for ourselves. We're glorified. And God never comes into the picture. See, the lost out there, they don't really need to see me and my success. They need to see Jesus in me because that's what they need. They don't need to see me score 50 points in a basketball game or whatever you think. Someone's going to think that's what I need to do. I need to become and I can become super and special and then I can become a witness for the Lord. You can become a witness for the Lord every day when you do what you're supposed to do when you care about the, the person who's maybe not appreciated by their peers and you still love them. Or when you are honest and you don't need an idle button. You work hard every day whether you're being watched or not because you're working to the Lord. Again, he's what the lost need. And maybe you won't be Jesus to a preteen boy in the neighborhood like my, my uh, Denny. Maybe you'll be Jesus to that foul-mouthed coke worker who every other word is grates on you. Or maybe you'll be Jesus to, oh, that foul-mouthed coworker who may be going through a divorce and losing his kids and whatever. And none of us well, I don't know about that. Sometimes being around that person's really, really hard. But Jesus would be around him. Maybe it's a store clerk. Maybe it's your hairdresser. Maybe it's the friend of your kids that comes to the house. Maybe it's at the doctor's office, that receptionist. Maybe it's a neighbor or your mechanic or just a delivery driver who delivers you a package. See, Paul, he was, he was Jesus to the jailer when he was wrongfully imprisoned. Did he have an effect? Lives were changed. The whole family was changed in that scenario because he was being Jesus there. My friend Denny had an impact through me to others. And he doesn't even know. But he did it. And I would encourage you to do it too. So um, I would have the worship team go ahead and come up as I pray. You know, if um, don't let this 
message be guilt walking away from here. Let it be a reminder, an encouragement. And if you need to be that fellow believer who needs to go tell somebody and confront somebody, pray about that too.